Welcome to the Emerald Library Podcast. I am your host, Silver, and joining me as always is my amazing co-host, Bailey. And with us tonight is a very special guest, Wolfgang N.H. Wolfgang, would you like to uh, talk a little bit about yourself, give a quick intro? Uh, sure. So, started writing fanfic back uh, about 2019. Um, got really big into Harry Potter. That's all I've been doing so far. Been point around with maybe some other stuff going ahead but right now i have enough projects between here and outside of playing around in fanfic that i'll probably just stick with harry potter at least for the next year right now mm-hmm. uh, eventually i'd like to maybe get into some uh either percy jackson or star wars because i do like both of those quite a bit um outside of writing i got a family that i like play, spending time with um mm-hmm. work as a at a quality engineer at a uh, place that does aerospace components made out of carbon fibers and other really fancy high technical uh <clears throat> weaving composites and other stuff like that um yeah and during the winter i ski a lot during the summer play outside a lot That's about it nice nice um, I understood about half the things about aero technology. (laughs) Right now I work at a company where we do components for aircraft engines. That's cool. I got to do a little bit of brag that there are uh, more airplanes in the sea than submarines in the sky, so that's a win for subs right now. (laughs) (laughs) So It is. um, Yeah, so... Well, let's not beat around the bush. Yeah. Um, so you said you're real big into Harry Potter. Um, you obviously have read the books. So when did you actually start reading fan fiction? Was that is that a more recent thing of like 2019, 2018 timeframe? Or have you been doing it since like fanfiction.net first started? The, my wife has been doing it for a long time. I got into it in 2019. And to tell you the truth, I never even read a fanfic story before I posted my first fanfic. Interesting. Since then, I have read quite a bit. So mm-hmm. a lot of stories and storylines that I put together usually were original because I had never seen them before. And a lot of the tropes that sometimes people say I do was never intentional because I didn't even know about them. I just kind of started doing this as a fun thing to do to really stress mm-hmm. and uh yeah the funny thing about how i actually got into harry potter is uh the year the <clears throat> excuse me goblet of fire came out i was teaching sailing at a summer camp and it was a kind of you know live in two weeks summer camp the kids come up spend two weeks in a cabin mm-hmm. and it's a fun time and you know they want to play outside spend time outside and one day, a whole bunch of packages comes in. And the next thing I know, you get all these 11, 12-year-olds that instead of wanting to go outside and, you know, play soccer or sail or hike or whatever, they want to stay in their cabins and read. Of course, you know, my, what 11, 12-year-olds would want to do that. Mm-hmm. Found out what Harry Potter was, caught up on the books and caught up to book four by the end of the summer and... Yeah, I guess since then, I've been hooked on them. Damn. 
And to answer your question of what 11, 12-year-old would want to stay inside and read, me. Yeah, me. <laughs> well, I found out then what kind wanted to, but it was just a very big surprise because up until that point, because that was like the third session, mm. none of them wanted to do anything like that. Yeah, it was uncommon yeah. back then. It was more kids wanted to go outside and play football or ride bikes or anything like that, I feel like. Well, I enjoyed doing that, but when yeah. I was done with that, I was inside reading. Yeah. So nice. a recent thing it, that that surprises me because mm-hmm. I, I have your your profile pulled up, and your first fic was a uh, first published fic on here is a Harry Daphne story. So this is not one of our questions, but how the hell did you find Daphne Greengrass? <laughs> yeah. Well. Basically, I came up with the idea of doing a twin story, and I really liked the idea of kind of having that one twin that kind of grew up in a good place, Harry not Mm -hmm. so, but then becoming to the point where he was put into that good environment. Mm -hmm. Um, During that time, I had the first twin meet Hermione, and that was kind of one of those things that came up early when I started writing it and because I was always more of a Harry Hermione fan but I already had Hermione taken up and I really didn't want Ginny at the time mm-hmm. I kind of Daphne Greengrass just kind of wandered in as one of those extras I was looking for and uh, kind of just took off from there and I admit that, that that one actually was the third story I actually posted I took down the first two because oh. there was like almost no response to them Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And actually, one of my first ones is actually in my rambling and uh, dribbles one mm-hmm. now. Yeah, we. I think we've read a lot of that. For so. That was one of our things. Was yeah. we, we both want to read at least two of your fix that we hadn't read before, and then also like pick out some of the ramblings and dribbles. Because like, those are there's some good shit in there. Yeah, it's really good stuff. So yeah, I definitely got to expand on those at some point. It's just time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, time's the bane of us all. <laughs> so now that you are reading fan fiction as opposed to just writing it, is Harry Potter your favorite fandom, or do you have another one that you prefer to read or that you enjoy equally? Um, I probably read Harry Potter 90% of the time. Um, I do read some Twilight, but that's only because I have someone else in the house that writes it at times. Um, and then I also read some Percy Jackson. Interesting. Yeah, but when I read Percy Jackson, I prefer those that go with the second series with the Roman gods. I'm not as enamored with the Greek gods. So you're person. you're more along the lines of Tom Bat's stories and all that kind of stuff, the Roman Percy. Yes. Interesting. There's some. You really like to pick. Yeah. Up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always been that way. That's yeah, still cool, though. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It, it's great because you've brought forward a a plethora of rare pairings yes that most people look at and they 
they see that and their first thought immediately is what the fuck and second is i think i saw that in the mega Man story but your writing is 10 billion percent better mm-hmm. but you you have a lot of harry hermione which is pretty standard for a lot of authors and then you've also got harry and astoria and luna i read that fic and i really enjoyed it like to the point where i fucked my sleep schedule for it um what made you what made you what made you want to do a multi-pairing and specifically those characters of astoria and luna because I think you really could have made the story work with just Luna, but a story I just added that extra little oomph to it. So Luna was the original idea behind that story. And all of my notes, all of my planning was just Harry Luna. And then a story came in and I just kind of let my muse go with it. Mm-hmm. And she just wormed her way in so far <laughs> that it actually became a lot of fun to write that pairing between the three of them. And if you notice, it's the only multi-pairing that I have right now. Um, yeah. yeah. It just, she just, I don't know, for some reason the story came along and I liked the way in my head and how on paper they, the three of them interacted. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went from there. I gotta say, it's probably the best multi-pairing story i've read yeah so many of them are so bad and i think it's because you started you started lay putting the layers down and setting up for it from the beginning instead of oh harry turns 15 and has a marriage contract with three women and it's like that's lame you set the foundation really strong for it and you've you've really got a talent for setting the foundation i think that your stories are just built on such a solid foundation you can do damn near anything in them and i can look back and go yeah that makes sense from reading back and like going forward it's like yeah you've been hinting at this the entire time even if you're doing it unintentionally yeah i've had some people that uh have said that in some of the stories that i do and some of my comments and whatnot where especially since I'll get those ones where, wow, I've read the story before. This is kind of a trope. And then like, you know, eight chapters later when I drop the bomb or whatever I'm doing, they're like, I did not see that one coming. (laughs) Or a lot of the world building stuff probably goes back to when I used to play a lot of RPG games and Mm. I did a lot of DMing. So I did a lot of world generation and trying to figure out everything about a world is one of those things I really enjoy doing. Um, like one of the big things that I always struggle with is trying to figure out how many magicals there actually are because that changes the tune of the story hugely. You know, do you do it where there's only like a 10,000 or so in a place like England or do you do it where there's like 70,000? Mm-hmm. And depending on how many you have really sets some of those backgrounds as to how deep you can put the society or where you can bring in new characters, um, especially if you go by some of the listings and other stuff with Hogwarts. Uh, technically, there's only like 300 kids if you go with like a 40 
person class. Yeah. But if you go with like an 80 person class, you now have like 600 people you can play with over a seven year time frame, mm-hmm. which you know makes a big difference on one how you set up all the character interactions and two what the larger world look like. And that's one of the big things I've really started to explore more is what does it look like outside of the main universe that Rowling's put together? Because um, she covers so little of it outside of what happened in Britain that there's just a huge amount that could come in from outside of that. And there's also a huge history that can really be drug up that I don't see a lot of authors do um, on it. Uh, quite a few of them just kind of stick with what's in canon mm-hmm. and a lot of times they'll retell the story from their own perspective which is good and there's some i really like that way but as i've gotten into it i really prefer those that really twist the plots and actually make it something their own yeah do something different yep and that, that's what i try to do with most of my stories now yeah i i yeah sorry um one of them you like you're uh I mean, uh, girl more impor- uh, a girl can be more important than a firebolt. Like, I like that because you told, you went a little bit into canon, but then expanded on it and really made something different with it, which I found really interesting. And that's why I like that one a lot. I'm glad you do. Yeah, that one yeah. was a fun one. That one was one of those ones where, uh, there was so much going on between mm-hmm. COVID and the elections and yeah. that I didn't want anything heavy at the time. Mm-hmm. So I went with as lighthearted as I probably have written on the whole. And that's where that story came it, from. It, it worked. It felt like, I think reading that, it gave, like, I, I think I read that one beginning of when I first started reading your stories in, like, it just made me feel happy to read that. And I was like, I was like, yes, this is perfect. This is just what I need today. Yeah. So I, the one in that story I, that I real sorry, go ahead, Bailey. Oh no, you, you, you're the guest. No, I was going to say just oh. one of the big things that I think really made that story that a lot of people have always commented on. And I actually almost didn't put it in was, chapter 10 with the scene where they're at the seer pool mm, yeah i got so many comments from that and so many people that were like oh my god that was like perfect that yeah you know that made me feel good about that one story yeah that that i remember that episode i episode remember that chapter it was definitely one of my favorites too because it was such an interesting way to do what you did and it, it felt like it made sense. Like, oh, here's the explanation. Here's what's happening. And here's, it just, it fit perfectly. It made everything, like, work. It was like, you never felt like, oh, that doesn't, how does that work? It, it, I didn't, it didn't leave me confused, is what I'm trying to say. Good. Yeah. Um, like old people say that. Yeah, <laughs> I started with House of Potter Greengrass because I'm more of a um, Hafney fan, and then I don't know. I think I just stumbled across it naturally, and then recently, like January time frame, January February, I 
it must have just been scrolling through people. I, I uh, have to follow their stories just looking for more. And I stumbled across A Dance of Vila. And I remember reading that and then talking to Silver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and going, you need to get this guy on this server mostly so I can harass him into updating this story because this is so good. And he's like, what, what fic is this? And I'm like, a dance of Vila. You've got to read it, my guy. And so I yeah. sent him and a couple other people the link and I'm like, silver, you've got to get him here. I think it, it took me like less than 10 minutes to read the first chapter and go doing it, sent it right away, like 10 minutes after that. Because ah, that's why you contacted me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mostly use Silver to harass other authors that I want here so I can harass them. <laughs> In the nicest way possible. Yeah. But I remember yeah. reading that and going, this is such a great concept. of, And yeah. it makes sense. Like, you age characters up a lot and down, like, with the... Um, yeah. Harry Luna and Astoria. The Harry Luna, yeah. And then with Dance of Vila, and you do that all the time, and you just make it work and it flow so well. And I think the Harry um, Gabby pairing is not underused because, as it stands in canon, is a little weird. Mm. But the way you make it work is just fantastic like i've read your uh drabble of um of the harry gabby pairing too and i was like i want more of this as well like i think yeah i, I want to finish potter greengrass and i want to finish dance of the vila before i really start my next big project mm -hmm. and it'll probably it, it's going to either be probably the happy the harry gabby story um, a new one that I've kind of been thinking of that one of my readers has worked on, which could be another Harry Astoria, but again, it'll be a, you know, very AU, aging some characters, other stuff like that. Um, well, the other one that a lot of my readers voted on that last November when I thought it was getting close and then work and life got really mm. busy, um, is the Traveler story, if you guys have read that one. Um, I have no idea what pairing that one's going to be, but a lot of people liked it where I kind of had had him start off as traveling the world with his aunt and actually having to spend almost a full year of Hanakoro before he goes to Hogwarts. Mm. Yeah. So I started reading that, then got distracted. Same. <laughs> Don't worry about so, it. Um, a lot of those travels and travels are still raw in mm -hmm. their writing. It's just the concept, really, in them, and a lot of times I'll change them when I yeah the actual putting it together. I think one of the interesting things you do is, along with I'm uh, like TBR and all that stuff, is you explore magic a lot more, and you seem to focus on a single branch, for lack of a better term, like with By the Moonlight you focused on runes and arithmancy a lot and with other fix it's charms and like the theory and all that stuff is that just because you feel there's a lack of world building in that aspect or is it you just think that that's a good i plot pusher 
I would say that it actually more of how I imagine the world. Um, like I said, I did a lot of RPG stuff, and I did a lot of world building. And one of the things that I always had to make sure was good was the magic system. And yeah. Because I always did a lot of uh, more, you know, medieval type stuff. Mm-hmm. Fantasy. And I, I always feel dissatisfied at times with how little Rawlings actually goes into the main theory. It's like, she's got a good magic system. She's got how it works. She's got all her base spells, but I just don't feel like she ever really went deep into the understanding of how magic works, how people interact mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know, how does it actually manifest in people? Yeah, and, they never so, explain that. No, they don't. And that's one of those things that I really enjoy exploring and really enjoy doing when, I'm, when I used to do a lot of my world building, so I just put that in there. And like you said, a lot of times when I do my AUs, I don't like them to be all the same. I may use similar concepts or same concepts here and there, but I always try to give each one its own feel to it. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have, like, a core set of rules for each world, like, for the entire, for each fan fiction you do? These are the core set of rules for my Magical Britain. Yes, but they also change a lot as I write. Um, maybe because in my normal job, I plan so much, have to do so many things by the book that a lot of times when I write, I'll have notes, but it, it may change or evolve, or a lot of times it actually fleshes out more as I go through a story. Um, and I really like a lot of those points where you get to a story where either the reader or the characters don't fully understand what can be so you can build it up as the story goes through into what it should be mm-hmm. um, kind of like uh I, I don't know if you guys have read my werewolf one with harry and hermione i i started that. it it is probably that first chapter one of my fi- like one of the best first chapters to a harry potter fic i've read in months yeah well, if you guys really get into it i really dive deep into the lore of what I thought werewolves should be in that world. Mm-hmm. And some of that with the magic with them. Um, and that kind of gives you an idea if you read it as you go along of how organically I write at times mm-hmm. where I start with an idea, but it really grows as it goes along. Um, like this one chapter in it that really dives into how werewolves were formed. Yeah. Um, I, I not even had that in mind when I started the story but about five six chapters in it struck me mm-hmm. and that was like one of the main pop plot points that I was getting to in that story at one point what I liked you did for it too was in the beginning uh, uh, try not to give spoiler too much spoilers but for the first chapter um, there's a scene with the werewolf and you explain how silver is like the kryptonite. It's like, that's the thing that it's poison to them, but they can be killed by other means. It just takes a lot to kind of go past their healing uh, property. And I like that because it, I read several fics where one is they are 
completely immune to muggle weaponry. They they can only be killed with silver. And then the other one's like silver has nothing on them. It's just a myth. That's just a a wives tale. But I like how you made it like like to me that's that's what makes sense. Like silver is that it's gonna it's that giant it's the it's the poison that does it all while the other stuff can hurt them. It just is not as powerful as silver. Yeah, I don't like making it that like there's real things. I don't like doing a lot of overpower superpower ones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by the moonlight is different with that way because that's the way it was meant to be. But on the whole, I don't know. I just find the stories to be rather blah when you just walk through and just destroy everything to get to the end of the story yeah yeah it's the same way i don't i kind of like to me it bothers me if i read a story and the main character is just there's no challenge there's no uh threat of failure i find it kind of funny because in your according to fan fiction your next fic by the moonlight the harry uh story luna one you have Harry say, oh yeah, silver is not super effective against werewolves. It's just like any other metal to them. Yeah, I did do that one with Remus and that one. Yeah. Mm. I I try to give a different spin because I don't like doing the same thing every time. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely getting that. Like, every single one of your fix, if you just told me they were by a different author i would believe you that (laughs) wolfgang and h is just a group of writers 12 different authors (laughs) all just publishing under one account and they're all fantastic authors but yeah i would totally believe that because each story is unique and different in its own way but still just as fantastic as the last one you've read Good, I'm glad that's what I try to go for. Um, for that one, like the, do you ever find yourself like struggling to, like, separate a story from a previous one, or like if you go back to do a rewrite, you're like you're trying like to not repeat the thing you did before. There's definitely that. Um. One thing that I do with a lot of my stories and it's it's mainly so I can kind of keep it in my head that I'm keeping each story kind of succinct and within itself is that I actually go back through and especially sometimes if I get these like long breaks where I just don't have the drive to write. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, sometimes I get these long update periods that like Bailey with Dance of the Vila mm-hmm. um, just because of how things are going, I will actually many times go back through and reread the entire story before I do my next chapter, just to hmm. make sure that I'm still with it. That same world. Yeah. Um, other times, some stories like Potter Greengrass, I've been so deep into that for so long now that it just comes out naturally when I do get the ability to write. Um, actually, I'm hoping to get another chapter out on that one tomorrow. Oh, and the sweet. next chapter is almost done, and I'm hoping Dance of the Vila next chapter will be next weekend because that one's mm-hmm. about 75% of the way done. Um, big thing with Dance of the Vila is that when I first started it, 
I didn't one didn't think it was going to be as long as it is, but I've enjoyed writing it. Um, the other thing is that those chapters are almost all nine to eleven thousand words, so it just takes a little while to get those together. Right, that's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of words to write eleven thousand G's. So, <laughs> I'm struggling <yeah>. with two. <laughs> so you you mentioned when you started it, you weren't thinking it was going to be a long fic, but beside that, what prompted a dance of Vila? Like, what was the thought process for you? What what gave you the idea for it? Um. Basically, I had at the time I started it, I was going through a lot of the Harry Fleur or Harry Vila fix and a lot of tropes with it, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't satisfied with a lot of it. Like you know, all of a sudden, you know, Fleur is saved, and now there's a soul bond, and they have to get married, or it was just something else where it always just felt to me like it forced them together. And I wanted something where it felt a lot more natural. And that's where Dance of the Vila came out. But I still wanted to have that background that a lot of other fix kind of hinted at. But I wanted to make it so, again, like it was my own. Because um, there was a lot of stuff with that one where I don't do with a lot of standard tropes. Um, I put in there hints there could be. Like when she really finds out you know, there there is that bond form between them. It's not one of those ones that it's going to doom them both if they don't follow through. Right. It's not like the magical contracts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of those, I just... I don't always like those. I know I've written some stories like that, but it doesn't always mean that it's what I like. Usually a lot of times it's... I read a, read a story or a couple stories that I found very dissatisfying. I just felt like I had to do my own spin on them. Like a, a different type of bond is a prime example. Mm-hmm. One that I know that causes a lot of controversy with my readers. Right. Um, but that one was, I think I had read a couple of them where, you know, it was a forced, some type of forced bond or forced marriage. And, you know, it always seemed like the woman got the shaft end of the deal. And I was just like, you know what, what happens if I just, flip this one on its head and write it the opposite way. Mm. And that's where that story came from. So why Gabby instead of Fleur or a different character? Why why specifically Gabby in that case? Because I kind of liked her bubbly personality when she was represented as kind of like eight-year-old Gabby. And I thought I'd just pull that forward. Um mm. A lot of times, like with Fleur, I like her, but I don't always feel like she would have been right for Harry. Um, you know, she seemed a little too haughty. She seemed a little too... Uh, she had an edge to her. She did, and I just felt like she that was edge to... wasn't... She was out so to I... prove something. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and I, I, I felt that didn't match with Harry. Because Harry is very much blend into the shadows, don't fucking notice me, I'm not here. Yep. Where I yeah. think you really matched Gabby's personality of, yes, I can be the center of attention, but please leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I kind of liked about my vision of her, and I feel like... 
Mm. Uh, yeah, I just I just felt like it was a it was a better fit because one she was a little more of a blank slate. People didn't really know her. One, not a lot of authors really dive into her. Yeah, there's not a lot to two, work with there. No, and two, when a lot of them do it, they still do her as the young Vila, so mm-hmm. it feels more like a sister. And mm. it just sounded like a good match when I did it because I like finding those more rare matches. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it may not mean that I get a ton of likes or whatever because a lot of my stories if you notice are well under you know 2,000 some of them under 1,000 but to me it's satisfying and yeah I just enjoy doing it yeah um what uh what made you decide to like you know start writing was it like you just uh read all the books and then went uh I'm gonna do this I've always written ever since I was in like high school mm-hmm. and my wife had been doing fanfics for years and I was doing a lot of original stuff but you know without having other people being able to read it or ever really having the time to finish enough to maybe submit anything mm-hmm. I was just like you know what I'm gonna just try writing fanfic see what happens and maybe see if I can make my skills better and maybe someday do something else with it uh, so I actually, the very, very first one I wrote, which I think I actually posted very late 2018, mm-hmm. um, was actually a, a very original AU story that was set years in the future, um, between, uh, Harry's daughter and Ron's daughter, Ron and Hermione's daughter and like a few OC characters um, mm-hmm. that was going to lead up to some of the things that were in the Cursed Child. Like in Cursed Child, they made comments about, you know, some of the dark creatures moving along in Europe and other places, but they never got into it. Yeah. So what I was actually going to do is actually expand on that and go into kind of like another wizarding war. Mm-hmm. But the main characters, which was going to be Rose Potter. Right. Um, with Hugo as kind of like her cousin sidekick and two other OCs, mm-hmm. uh, they were going to get into the conflict by basically beco- becoming part of the um, underage international dueling championship. Mm-hmm. And eventually that would kind of drag them into this larger conflict. Okay. Uh, kind of the background, Harry was going to be investigating it and it was going to start really building up. Um, I had posted a couple chapters, but after like a couple of months, there was only, I don't know, 15 likes and like 30 follows. So it's like, all right, I got to do something else. So I scrapped it, did another one, which was kind of a very original concept set back in like the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, that one wasn't doing well either. So I did a third one. <laughs> Which actually mm. is in my Rebels Dribblings now, um, which basically set it up so that uh, there was a new group that had worked originally with Voldemort mm. that kind of splintered off and they were trying to follow his original vision. Um, and that mm. one, Ron died from Dementors early. And again, that one still didn't do well. So it's like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to try this one more time. Mm. And that's when I came up with the twin dilemma. 
Right. That one actually seemed to just get a decent following. Yeah. And then I started posting by the moonlight um, because sometimes when I do long ones, I get bored and feel like I have to do something else for a little while. Right. And that one really took off. And that's when I really started doing a lot more. More, yeah. Very AU. And I think where my writing style really improved quite a bit. Do you think you'll ever go back to those original ones that you had? I don't know. Um, maybe someday. Right mm. now, there's like... So much, yeah. ...that I really would like to uh, expand upon. Mm -hmm. like there's another Harry Gabby story in there that I'd really like to explore. Um, one that I've always personally liked, but I don't know. It, it's kind of... I don't think a lot of people liked it, is that there's one in there called Deaf Potter that I don't I read one time a story where Hermione was mute and I kinda wanted to explore that from a different perspective and that's where Deaf Potter came from. I was gonna say um, I think I read a similar fic like that. Yeah, I, I was I was trying to refine it and I don't know if it's still on fan fiction or not. Yeah, the person might have taken it and gotten rid of it or not, which sucks or they, they deleted their account I'm not sure what but yeah. that one was a really good one um yeah I'd I find old fan fictions of I remember the plot I remember the story but Can where the hell is it <laughs> what was yeah, the name I've had, I've had a couple of times like that where in some of my stories I'm like it's like yeah if people have read this before, yes, I kind of copy the author. I tried to find them, but I couldn't. If anyone knows, I would love to give them credit. Yeah. And a lot of times people are like, yeah, I remember reading it, but I can't find it anymore. I started doing this thing. I just take the URL and I copy and paste it into a my separate like private Discord server and just keep everything uh, there now. I'm like, even if it's gone, even if they delete it, at least I, yeah, at least I know the name. Uh, maybe I have to start doing that. But, um... So, you've got a lot of rare pairs on your account. You've got Harry Luna, Harry Astoria, Harry Gabby, Harry Daphne, which is becoming more mainstream-ish. Mm -hmm. If 2,000 fix counts as mainstream, I don't know if it does. I would but consider out it. of the rare pairs, which is your favorite to write? Whichever one I'm writing now. <laughs> the big thing with that is that every story I write, I enjoy what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have like a favorite. Um, when I'm searching through to look for things, uh, a lot of times I'll find whatever I'm feeling the day. Like I, when I like those fics that are sometimes they're a little more cracked which I don't always care for, but when they're a little more out there, like that'll be a Luna day. Uh, looking for a Daphne usually is when you want more of that hard edge kind of... Um, Political, serious kind of... Yes. Pretty but much also like that. cracky as fuck, too, if you go back to the older ones. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So I've read some of those, and some of those are so out there that I, I get through like two, three chapters, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> there's a lot of stories where i'll get through and it's like i'll try to really go through as much as i can but uh, i've had so many stories i abandoned because i just don't care for yeah writing style or how they're portraying things 
Yeah, 2015, 2016 was a weird time for fa- for Harry Potter fan fictions. I'm trying to remember peak, mm. like goblins fix fix everything. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. I I don't view goblins as that nice most of the time. They they weren't really no. portrayed as nice. They were portrayed more as selfish. They just care about their valuables, their gold. Yep. Yeah, so. that's that's more the way I've been trying to do it lately. You know, it's it's, it's one thing if maybe you can somehow become kind of a goblin friend by helping them but even then i still don't see them being as kind i feel like it it would need to be a bet like a partnership where they gain more than you for them to can to appreciate the uh human like if you're gonna give like i read one where it was harry uh, so as, uh, always, uh, does this. Harry sells the basilisk remains, uh, Gringotts. Um, but instead of him going, oh, we're going to split it 50, 50, he goes, oh, I'll give you 60% and I get 40% of the, sh- of the profit. And then like the, the one or two goblins that are there view him as a potential business, which is why he gains favor. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've read The Great Wand out lately. Uh, uh, but basically, I'm trying to remember who wrote that, but that that's kind of the approach that they went on, is that they saw him as a big business deal um, after, whole, after all the wands in like a 1,500-mile radius from uh, where Harry destroyed a bunch of them in England where, like, a lot of it's, like, most of Europe was just out of wands, and they somehow got him and Hermione to become wand makers, and they pretty much used them so that they get in there as, like, a business business partners with them. That that was an interesting one. Um, another one that I really like the goblins in, because you definitely get that kind of, you know, they're out for themselves, is I don't know if you guys have read Bungle in the Jungle. Uh, that one's another kind of Harry Luna one, which is a little cracky at times, but that mm-hmm. one, I really like how they portray the goblins in that one. Yeah, I um, I, it took me a while to get on board with Harry and Luna. I think it was reading one of your fics, plus one or two others, that I started to really see the potential as a parent, I always enjoyed them more as like a big brother, little sister type. Uh, See, thing. or a friend. I always appreciate when authors kill Luna to piss off the fan base because I find <laughs> their tears delicious. Um. <laughs> well, I, I have I have stopped reading stories when that happens because she's one of my like, ultimate favorite characters. Oh, so you got like halfway through um, Honor Thy Blood then. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I actually people that, that have... one, but that one was so pissy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, yeah. That that was one of my favorite things. It's like, <laughs> I, I remember reading another fic where they killed Luna in a very graphic and bloody way. Like, it was very much shock and awe to kind of like, oh, look, we've raised the stakes. I've killed Luna. And I'm like, 
he could have done this with anyone, but I get why you did Luna because she's kind of the innocent one. The kind of it's shocking off for that one, but yeah, I think Luna yeah. as a pairing. I think you did it the best of starting out younger of the friendship into a relationship because I think starting Harry Luna from book five where we're introduced to Luna in canon doesn't work in my mind there's no there's no way for them to like really connect because they don't have this they don't have four years of being friends it's just like they don't have they really don't have anything i mean in common ba and like friendship with Ginny at the time like and the fact they can see the threstrials 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 yeah thank you um, yeah, yeah, a lot I of think... people like how I've just done in my recent one, a two-finger salute with those mm-hmm. two. That one was a fun one to write. Yeah, I th- but thank you I very think... much for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a lot of your pairings work because you set them up as not relationships first. You don't go into it as, ah, yes, these two characters are going to be married with kids by the end of the story. No, you started off with, these are two 11, 8, 12, 13-year-olds who are now becoming friends, and they have no concept that in the future of this author's mind, they are going to be married with kids. Like, And you, you yeah. blend that kind of real well. Thank you. Yeah, I just... I don't see kids that young. Yes, they may have like, they may, you know, I've seen it with my own where, you know, at that age, they, they have these people they like, they, they may have crushes, but it's not, it's not that like more intimate, older teen, adult, intimate stuff that yeah. a lot of authors jump into at that early age. And I just think that either they don't remember what they were like at that age, or they don't understand what it's like at that age. Yeah. Um, really, before you really start getting to like fourteen, fifteen, that's kind of where I'm drawing my line on mm-hmm. the whole. And I like to try to get to the older ones now, if I can. Um, right. As I've written more, I understood more. Yeah, I definitely appreciate now that I'm out of high school and all that stuff of the older fix kind of starting around sixth year seventh year or afterwards those are those are kind of been my jam recently like i i see in your favorites you have when the roses bloom again in there oh, like, oh that, that, awesome <laughs> that it's an amazing fic because if you i'm in his discord both of them because i give mm. the man money because his fix are that good um but he's talked about how he he loves history and how he's just delved deep into his mind for obscure history facts and how he's doing this so analytically and like he just came out and said yeah i expected this story to be 200,000 less words than this but hey we've got like six more, 16 more chapters coming <laughs> that's awesome i can't wait to see how that one ends oh yeah i i'm i've I've fallen back behind on it and then I'll catch back up and I'll go, damn it. I really should have waited longer. And then I'll be like, no, no, you, you couldn't have. 
yeah, no, it's it's yeah. just fascinating to see people's interpretation of adult life in the wizarding world because we have we have what they are in in their preteens and before More. they turn 17 yeah and i think it's really fascinating to see what they do as adults because yeah. that's something that Rowling never really explored of is there more to life than working for the ministry or working at a shop in Diagon Alley or Hogwarts is there that's, more out, yeah. or Hogwarts or Gringotts like yeah. you got four employment options take your pick at 15 and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life and FYI you live to 150 to about 200 yeah. years old so better enjoy it like there's got to yeah. be more out there that's one thing that always annoyed me with that one. You know, I understand preparing for a career at 15 and having to pick certain things out in order so that you kind of get the right kind of education to graduate. But I think she misses so much by not having some type of educational format after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. Yeah, like they they go. describe masteries, but it's kind of like, oh yeah, he's a she has a mastery in transfiguration. Well, what does that entail? Is it like you go you study under somebody, or is it like can yeah. you discover something and oh look, you have a mastery? Like if you have a mastery in dueling, are you just a dueling champion, or did you like have to study for it? Like what's the what's the criteria for that? Like. Is it mm. worth getting one if you're not going to be a teacher, or is it something like people just stumble across? Like, oh yeah, I got my mastery in potions because I had a potions accident that actually turned into something really fantastic. Like, <laughs> mustache, permanent mustache wax. Like, it's like, wait, what? That's what you got a mastery in? <laughs> that, but that yeah. sounds totally realistic for her her um yeah wizarding <laughs> world to have like oh yeah i had a potions accident got a potions mastery like what <laughs> i don't think she meant it to be as serious as it got originally oh no <laughs> what i've read i mean she originally started writing that for her kids for bedtime stories to tell them yeah <laughs> and that's the whole reason why at least the first three books they're a lot lighter they're a lot more kind of that kind-hearted mystical yeah yeah, it's like you know your your eyes are always always sparkling because there's something brand new you've never seen and it's so amazing and then i think she started to become a more serious writer yeah which is where her kids i think also her kids got older too there's that aspect too of she was still writing them but i think she understood that as she was writing them, her audience was aging. So she didn't keep them at the same level of, oh yeah, if we go by like the Harry Potter books, oh yeah, I'm still writing these for 11 to 13 year olds. No, I'm writing these for 14, 15, 16 year olds now. Like mm-hmm. even adults, like gotta have a little bit for everything. So kind of serious it up a bit. I think, yeah, yeah. I can definitely. You could definitely tell when she kind of the split the switch flipped. You can also tell in the yeah. movies they did a really good job in the movies mm. because after book three, I think they just took all the lighting settings and they just dipped it. <laughs> yeah. turned it, into it a DC movie. The books too. I mean, 
if you start looking at book four and on, there's a definite darker edge, yeah. Yeah. And that, that's why I tend to like writing more of those other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, after doing a couple of them where I've, I've done the earlier years, they're good to write, but I'm finding that unless I really need it for a large plot setup, I almost rather avoid year one through three and maybe even one through four at times. Yeah. Start my stories later. Um, and one thing with the masteries, as you guys were saying, that was an aspect that I've been considering exploring with Dance of the Vila. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering right now, it probably is planned to span about the, at least the next five years of their life over the next 10, 15 chapters. Okay. Um, because I want to get more into that adult one and show them growing up more as it, but it's also begun to become you know, more dangerous as they get through their training and start going out in the world and actually start interacting with the young Voldemort that's in there and what that means for other Horcruxes and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I was thinking about is, not that I want to do spoilers if people don't want to hear them, but it, it shouldn't be a huge spoiler, but I know I've already, in the last chapter, I hinted about Alen pretty much trying to take over his position as head at some point and possibly his security forces. And, you know, with that, it's like there probably should be some type of mastery or some type of officer training corps or something else like that. And that's kind of one of the things I was going to explore with him while probably with Gabby, it'd be more of the political side because I'd like her to probably become more of the political arm of the family as it goes on. So, and I, I've already been trying to set those up right now. And you, between that and some of the conflicts, that's where I've got held up on that one a lot. You've definitely set it up real well to where anxiously waiting for the next chapter. Well, not anxiously waiting. I occasionally, I mostly forget about it. Then I remember it and go, oh yeah, when's that updating? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well right now, a lot of the big updates I'm doing, like, one of the ones that has been like one of the biggest flops so far, um, the Ancient Proliferation Act, that one I already had fully written. So a lot of the writing I'm doing right now has really only been Potter Greengrass because I just mm-hmm. have not been able to do a lot of it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get... Uh, Ancient Proliferation Contract when it was still a drabble. A dribble. <laughs> ramblings yeah. and all that stuff so yeah what do you yeah, that, that, I think that was the first it was seven chapters that one mm-hmm. yeah it was it, it was interesting um it was just one of those ones that it, it just caught my imagination i just had to get out of my head as i went along with it right sometimes you get those right um when you because like i know uh i think last time we talked about uh dance of vila uh in your channel, you said that you were, uh, you were stumped at one point. How do you get past that? Like your, your writer's block. That one wasn't quite a writer's block. That one was more, my original plot line took them through Ukraine in a, in a war kind of there. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden there was a real war in Ukraine. Oh, okay. And I was like, Oh crap. I yeah. can't do that. Mm hmm. 
I think Ooh, that was like a two month of I don't know what to do now mm-hmm. and having to go back to the drawing board to redo things. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't want to. I really don't want to put my finger in that conflict right now. Right. Even if it is just in a uh, make believe story that happens ten years before yeah. the actual. So happens. yeah, I get what you're saying. And then how do you like? Understandable. Yeah. How do you like outline each of your fix? Do you do the the ramble and dribble first and then you take that and go even more in depth with it or do you ha- do like bullet lists and put like ideas that you want to hit um a lot of times for a lot of my stories i usually only have about the first half in concept when i start writing them um because i find that as i write i change things a lot so mm. I may have ideas where I wanted to go and how to end it, but a lot of times when I just start putting things down and start typing, and one of the, probably one of those things that one of my uh, creative writer teachers taught me many years ago is kind of that stream of consciousness, kind of just let your mind go and let it come out the way it wants to. And I've had times where I've done that and realized that, oh, my God, what I've done now, I need to go back and change the last five chapters. And I've had a lot mm. of stories that, you know, like Potter Greengrass or with uh, By the Moonlight or um, trying to think uh, my werewolf one where I had gotten to the point where, you know, I was usually about five to ten chapters ahead of what I was posting. And then mm. all of a sudden I'm like, crap, I have this totally better idea. I didn't set it up properly. The next thing I know, I'm rewriting 30,000 words. Yeah. So it, it's hard sometimes. Like, I, I get the concept. I get where I want to go. Um, some of them I plan out quite a bit. Um, but half the time, I don't do half of my plans because it just it took a right turn somewhere when I was writing. And I liked the new idea better. Mm-hmm. Um. um that actually brings up my next question because the whole Ukraine thing, obviously, you know, it's uncomfortable sometimes for some people to read it. Uh, what is like the most uncomfortable scene you have written in a published fic? Most uncomfortable scene. Huh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know, honestly, because even though I may have written some uncomfortable scenes, mm-hmm. they were part of the story, so I never thought of them that way. Hmm. Um, I guess some of the more uncomfortable scenes that I've ever written, which definitely made some of my readers uncomfortable, was a lot of the times where um, kind of Harry going, going to the, uh, a different type of bond. Where mm-hmm. kind of Harry realized that he really was kind of like a second-class citizen, or some of the times where Daphne kind of forced him to do things, but yeah, even if she may not have meant to, but just that idea of that whole loss of control, right? That story. Um, well, actually, you know the one that really bothered me, but I thought was really good for the story is by the moonlight. Um, when Luna and Astoria are with his sister in the cell. Mm-hmm. That was a rough one to write when Voldemort and them had captured them and with Bellatrix and just kind of the 
treating this little, you know, two-year-old girl that way in that part of the story. That that those are hard scenes for me to write, but I thought that they were needed for how the story had gone. Okay. That was definitely a doozy to read. It was like, oh shit, really? Wow. Okay. Like that entire kind of setup was wild. Like, oh shit. Like, what the fuck? Like, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna end decently, but how the hell are they gonna get out of this? Yeah. The, the... That, those kind of end ones were ones that I had in my mind for a long time when I started the story. And I wasn't sure if it would be received or not, but a lot of people seem to like how that story ended in those last couple of chapters. Going from the fight at the Weasleys to what happened at like the uh, Death Eater Warden and the final battle. And I had a lot of, a lot of comments on how Bellatrix died in that one that mm. a lot of people were like man I've never seen that before so yeah, yeah that, that was definitely with that fic was I wish there was a little bit more of afterwards of after Voldemort like I, I, I wish there was a bit more of the good times in it because for a vast yep. majority of the fic, it was gray light. It was there was this ominous cloud hanging over them the entire time for most of the story, and then the darkness really set in, and then the climax happened, and then it was two chapters, and then I believe, and then you're done. And I was like, oh man, I I wish there was just a bit more of just the fluff maybe i'll go in and add in some stuff i that was one of those ones that it's my it was my first long long fic i mean it ended up over four hundred thousand words yeah and by the time i got to those last two chapters i was i was done at the time with it where i just needed to do something else so i was trying to find a good way to end it and i originally had like another chapter written and I thought it was just going to be too long, so I scrapped it. But mm -hmm. I could probably take it out again because there's a lot more in there about how they got their awards, kind of how Hogsmeade grew some more, um, especially after the ministry had moved up there. And originally I thought that it was just going to be too much for the readers, but if people were interested, I could definitely go back and look at that. And I probably have at least another chapter, if not two chapters worth of writing that I had done and I had just cut it out because I just thought it was getting too long it was definitely a long fic but I prefer longer fics I enjoy that because I read fast as is well known because I commented 17 <laughs> minutes after you posted the most recent Dance of Vila chapter yeah, I was like, it's how did you get 9,000 words already? <laughs> insomnia and a really fast reading ability. Uh, yes, I do a lot of my reading by listening. 
a lot of times that in while I'm driving back and forth from work or from playing games in the evening or mm. sometimes if I'm doing stuff at work where I don't need to think a lot, it's like busy stuff, so I, I'll put it in my iPods on my desk and listen at times. So I just I don't do a lot of reading because a lot of the times where I have the ability to or the time to do it, that's when I want to write. Right. So yeah, I I definitely listen a lot, especially at work because I'm trades. So I'm on the floor. I'm actively working. But if I'm sitting watching the water jet, I can't have my phone out. So I just have an earbud in, and I'm using the app voice to text feature. And I've that's yep, actually that... how I got through most of it. Yeah, that's what and I, I do like, quite a bit. <laughs> eight hours of just listening to fit, to that monotone voice and it's like oh there's a spelling error nice <laughs> yeah i tried to do good with that i've had beta readers in the past but you know they've moved on and mm -hmm. i've gotten so tired of trying to find them at times that i don't use beta readers um especially when i get to my more prolific writing times i can pound out sometimes 10, 20, 30,000 words in a week. Mm. And a lot of times when I do that with my beta readers, I'm like, you know, if you have the time, I'd like to get this back within a week or less. And some people are like, well, you know, I just need to do what I do my time. It's like, I get that. And that's why I'm being upfront with you. I think that turns off a lot of beta readers when I look at it. And a lot of that may be just the way I approach life because of my job where, you know, it's like if you, if someone's going to help you or if you're, try to is contracting people out you always give them your expectations yeah and with my beta readers i usually say you know this is what i'd like this is what you know i kind of expect you know obviously you can't then we can work something else out but i think having those deadlines and having my approach that i do turns a lot of beta readers off because they just kind of want to do it in their free time for fun they don't want to feel like they're under the gun or pressure mm. so that's why i've turned away from a lot of beta readers and I've actually changed a lot of how I do. So there's not anywhere near the amount of errors there used to be, but there's still times where there are spelling errors. There's still times where I do weird, weird things in my sentence structures. Yeah. Well, I'm not knocking it. I, yeah. I find those entertaining, especially with like the Black's Resurgence stuff, his published works, because his system is it goes through him, the Patreon, the website then fan fiction so if something yep. got through all the way through i'm like i'm impressed like all of you guys <laughs> missed this like, including me yeah and like i'm on that and to kind of like this is the I'm first on time that list like, <laughs> and this is the first time i'm noticing this and it, it's just fun <laughs> to like listen through and like i hesitate to call a lot of the authors that i read amateurs but that's kind of the best way to describe it in my mind yeah of amateur yep. part-time writers and i'm like i'm not expecting the lord of the rings out of these people i'd be kind of annoyed if i got the lord of the rings out of these people because i don't want to listen to fucking four hours of walking <laughs> yep but oh yeah I, I definitely get that like but yeah. i i understand that there is a certain level of professionalism and that the good writers understand that and they respect the readers of that too 
I, I agreed, and I definitely try to put out the best product I can. Um, like my pro- my process when I go through and do my own uh, corrections and reading is that usually I get the chapter done. Um, what I'll do is I get up about five in the morning a lot of times, mm-hmm. and I take like forty minutes out of the day for myself. So I will actually take out my iPad start reading through the chapter that I got done and usually I read through it once, sometimes twice um, to try to f- catch and fix anything. And then I also do a uh, all the uh, corrections and everything that Word offer, offers, go through, do all that. And then my final thing before I post is I actually do a read through on Word. And they have a, they have a, uh, the Office 365 Word has a uh, text to speech. So I actually have it read through and catch a lot of those weird things at times. And sometimes the ones that I don't catch are when I edit the chapter, sometimes when I'm doing that, because um, something doesn't sound right or I don't like it, I miss going back and re-editing those couple of sentences sometimes. And I find that's where a lot of my mistakes come in. So I've been trying to go back through and make sure I reread through those, make sure I run the spell check, make sure I run the grammar check through it again um, before I post for now. And I've, I've noticed that my occurrences have dropped dramatically over the last year or so that I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And I, I just feel like it's a better, it's a better product I'm trying to give my readers that enjoy this. And I really appreciate everyone that does read my fix. Um, it definitely feels good to get those ones where people are like, wow, that was really cool. Or, I've never seen that before. Um, you get the flamers too, which, oh. you know, at times, times they're okay. But other times, you know, if you start, if you're starting to cuss, if you're starting to swear, if you're starting to say, I should just take it down or I should just die. It's like, you know what? I'm done. You're on my block list and I'm mm-hmm. never going to hear from you again. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I wish ff.net had was deleting reviews. I, I wish that the author could go in and delete reviews because I've gotten and I've gotten <laughs> one fic out there that I stole from little DB with his permission. And even then I got a review going, this isn't Percy Jackson. This is just some weak ass mortal who's with the name Percy Jackson. And I'm like, did you read this is when there were three chapters up and i was like did you read the other two chapters like it very clearly shows that this is percy jackson like, yeah it's i've got a lot the of people who first chapter reviews kind of just annoy me agreed and i've had a lot of them depending on which story that a lot of people think harry is very weak and a pushover mm. when i start some of my stories because I like, I, I like that idea a lot of times of him growing and becoming more powerful. And just because he's not, you know, kicking ass within the first, like, 20 words, they're like, oh, this sucks. It's like, yeah, well, why don't you read it? <laughs> well, why did you read canon in the first place? Because if that's your review of a fan fiction, canon is terrible <laughs> to you then. Like, yeah. you must hate canon, like... Harry's weak until the very end, basically, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. He still only uses one spell. Yeah. (laughs) And he's so clueless half the time, and... How to defeat Harry Potter, canon Harry Potter, is just use a fucking lanyard. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep a keychain. Oh, you just insult him and you get so upset and then you just take him down in some of those original scenes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah I totally get that. Um, it's still a great story and I, I enjoy the can I enjoy Can and Harry Potter, but yeah. it's like I, you can defeat Harry Potter with some well-placed words and a lanyard attached to your wand. And <laughs> yeah. How did you defeat Harry Potter? He defeated Voldemort. Oh, I super glued a lanyard to my wand, like a Wii remote, and <laughs> yeah. he was completely clueless after he yelled Expelliarmus and my arm came flying towards him and I just socked him in the face. <laughs> after that, it was pretty easy. Yeah, the kid hit me with a tickle jinx. Like, what was that going to do? <laughs> Or the Langlock spell to kind of yeah. make them dance and whatnot. It's like, oh, I get that from like child perspective, but if you're in a real battle... That's uh, annoying. I, I got into a pretty, pretty heated argument with somebody on a different server about the fact that during the Battle of Hogwarts specifically, I'm not talking anything pre- previous... Specifically Movie during the Battle of Hogwarts version. book, okay. they were not using lethal spells. Like no. there were no, there were no mentions of cutting curses, blasting hexes, anything. Blood it was like charms or yeah, anything blood, like blood simple or yeah. Well, simple spells that they would have known, like a cutting curse, a blasting hex, a bludgeoning charm. Like these are spells they've been taught, like. Well, if I'm in a life or spell. Yeah. Exactly. And like if I'm in that situation at seventeen years old and there are twenty five, thirty four, forty year old with adults trying to kill me. I'm using everything. Believe, I'm I'm freaking throwing AKs of and all that shit at them. Like, you will suffer before you get me. Like, it just baffled me that Rowling, and and it could be culturally, she's British, whereas we're all Americans here, so we kind of have that we'll fight to the last man kind of mentality, but we're also guys, and she's Mm -hmm. a woman, and that's nothing to say, like, I think Molly was depicted perfectly in that aspect, but, like, I think... There would have been a lot more violence involved. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's one of those things that, except in maybe the early years, I don't think I almost ever have a fight where they're really fighting with stunning spells. Yeah. Because if you're in a real fight, you're not going to be using stunning spells. It just, I don't know. To me, it's like I, I get the idea you want to you apprehend them. You want to bring them in. But when they're throwing curses at you that are, if you're if you're lucky, it'll leave a malformed scar for the rest of your life. If you're not lucky, your guts are going to be all over the floor. It's like, why would you fight with a rope spell, a stunning spell, an expelliarmus unless you found an opportunity to do that? But even then, it's like, I just I don't see. I think one of the best yeah. explanations against the stunning spell was in um, Honor Thy Blood, because I've been reading that recently. <laughs> Harry literally comes in, stuns Hermione, and goes, 
what would you do if you found her like that? And Neville just goes, Inevorate, or however yeah. you pronounce it. <laughs> and she's back up, and he's like, that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Do yeah. not hit them with a stunning, stunning spell. A stunning spell is for an aura apprehending a criminal. No, it has no place on a battlefield. You will not find a soldier ever who will willingly choose a taser over a Glock in a battle. Agreed. Never. Yeah, okay. I actually just reread that one again recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, a couple been... of those things. I just, I feel like I feel like she left the kid gloves on. Yeah. Like, it really should not have been with these situations they were in. With like the fifth book, with the battle in the ministry, like, um, I I forget which author wrote it, but it was uh, someone wrote about how like. Uh, one of the ors, uh, Hestia Jones saw like they all got beat up except for Moody because he was using lethal. Instead yep. of they were just coherent to the rules of engagement where they weren't allowed to use anything lethal uh, because Moody of was fudge. The only canon character on the quote unquote light side who actually mm. fought fire with fire. Yeah, and you quickly see that I don't know who told her to. But the fact that she killed him at the beginning of the seventh book mm. was oh, just, that was just probably the dumbest move. Because could you imagine Moody on the Horcrux hunt? Like, yeah, it would have been, it would have been so much easier. It would have been so much easier, but it also would have been the kick up the ass all three of them needed. Yo, also, yeah. I'm of the opinion, Ron should have died in book six. Yes. Raise the stakes. During the first battle of yep. Hogwarts, if Ron had died, it would have been a major surprise for everybody reading it. You would have been on mm. the edge of your seats going, holy shit, this shit just got real. Because Dumbledore, whilst he wasn't a very important character, his death really didn't impact much because it, it didn't have the impact that Ron would have had or somebody closer to Harry. Because Dumbledore always had this distance, never distant relationship up until like the sixth book. Like in the fifth book, he explicitly avoided Harry for most of it. Ron is a very conflicted character for me. I, I, I get it, but I don't get it why Harry forgave him so Mm -hmm. often, and. God, when he ran out on them on the Horcrux hunt, oh, I wouldn't have heard of him. Yeah, no, I, I would have hated the dude. Never have had him come back, and I almost would have rather him get by get caught by Snatchers and end up in the Malfoy prison mm-hmm. when they rescue them. Yeah, and he's so hurt that he just can't go with them. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I just, I never, I never liked him. I, I think no, I think no, Neville or. Moody or Remus if she didn't hook him up with Tonks like Mm. I think an older character with a bit more world experience or someone like Neville who understands loss and trauma to Harry's level would have been a better matchup for Mm -hmm. the Horcrux hunt as opposed to Ron who compared to Harry has had a softer, easier life. Like, mm-hmm. sure, 
he's since poor. first year he's been in some crazy shit but yeah before that he would grew up in a loving home where his mother put food on the table three times a day for him he's got six four five brothers and a sister like yeah he he's wanted for things but it's never been like the core necessities he's always had a roof over his head a room that he can fit in and food on his table as opposed to harry who was in a fucking room cupboard starved for all we know and more than likely if not physically definitely verbally abused his entire childhood like i just think that they're so entirely different characters and it can work but i think just harry was way too quick to forget yeah and you kind of see it in the first book like ron's very hyper while like i kind of expect harry to not be like you suffer that abuse and neglect for 10 years you start to not really you have problems interacting with people in former relationships um i see it every now and again like i work at a summer camp and there's always that one kid who isn't in the best situation at home they're a lot more reclusive to be near people until the very end of the summer so yeah they tend to have a lot more issues and other Mm -hmm. stuff and it's harder for them it's it's funny those authors that tend to actually explore that side of it if you read a lot of the reviews a lot of people get really upset with them because they're like oh heroin not that the way and blah blah it's like have you guys ever really met a child or actually been through that it, yeah. it sucks i i personally i've gone through it so it's like i can't make proper relationships with people sometimes like i have friends that i can't talk to them sometimes so like, yep. they can't I no one is allowed they to touch me. Really. Yeah, I'm also like not allowed. I don't allow people to touch me on the back. Freaks me out. So it's like sometimes I find myself I always go sit in corners. I always make sure my back is to a wall and I'm always aware where doors are, where people are. It's something like you deal with as a kid and then if you meet someone who's very excitable, you're a little more like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to be 10 feet back that way." Yeah, I I can kind of understand some of that. Yeah. Um, like, uh, one, of the, one of the big things that, if we want to go back to some of that, where I was actually mm. trying to address that in Potter Greengrass, um, Harry's kind of putting all the blame on Remus mm-hmm. that a lot of people complain yeah. about. And all I can say is that it's like, you know what? I've lived through it. I've been there. There are times where you don't understand at that age what's going on and when you find some route to kind of put that blame on that's the way it goes at times yeah and that that was kind of where my point was coming from with that one Mm -hmm. and that one really also a lot of readers here and there i think also a lot of readers are going off of the ages of the server were it's mostly about 16 to about mid 20s as your average reader Mm -hmm. you have the outliers of older folks more 30s 40s and that kind of stuff 
but a lot of them don't have world experience. A lot of them went through good life, bad life. They just went through school. They're in college and they may just be out in the world. And so they don't, they haven't interacted with a ton of people in their life. Mm -hmm. And probably few of them interact with kids on a daily basis. And so they, they misunderstand because they look back on their childhood and they see the good things. They see the fun, they see all these things. And then they see a kid being serious, depressed, down like like oh a kid wouldn't act like that yeah a kid would act like that they, yeah have you met a 13 year old recently <laughs> oh yeah big time um uh, there was a story i think it's in my favorites but really it really did a good job of looking into that where he kind of ran away for the summer um what if i can find it but i, I like really those ones really explored a lot of how messed up he was by finding a girl that was even more messed up with than he was mm. and kind of how they helped each other out um man there was a uh, harry astoria thick um what i can't remember the name of it um that's kind of similar where a, it's fourth year so a story is a second year in that one but i think I don't or first year I don't remember but she kind of picks up on Harry because she's the outsider of Slytherin because she doesn't want to be a pure-blood wife that's not her plan that's not her goal she wants to see the world she wants to do all these things and so mm -hmm. she's now cast of Slytherin because she doesn't care she doesn't care that her dad's a lord she doesn't care that she's going to marry probably somebody in her house at that moment like she does not care about that shit and so she kind of hangs on to harry because harry's also going through some shit and she's like yeah i sh this world sucks let's leave britain and so they go on a cross europe adventure nice. i'll uh i'll link it i'll find it yeah um yeah i went to find this other one it was one that i really really enjoyed and mm. it just addressed that also, the adult. Let's also agree, the adults in Harry Potter suck. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they do like, not do a good job. Sirius was about the only one who actually seriously gave a fuck about Harry. <laughs> Agreed. The the no, 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 they, yeah. they didn't care. Mon she Madame like, Pomfrey didn't do anything. Like six kit, six boys, and she meets Harry, and she doesn't see anything wrong. Like same uh, with what's her name, Pomfrey. Madame Pomfrey too. Yeah. You're <laughs> Harry in the hospital wing, like how could McGonagall she not who has seen thousands of children, knew both James and Lily and could probably calculate in her head how a child of James and Lily should act and be like and also knowing the Dursleys to an extent, like Yeah. Oh my god god like snape's also just a dick and yeah. has no redeeming qualities and you can't change my mind on that. <laughs> agreed not unless you totally rewrite him yeah yeah unless but you totally you rewrite snape it, he is a complete he is a terrible character and he was and i hate the fact that she set him up for seven and a, six for six and a half books 
as the villain and then try to redeem him in the end. Like, it felt forced. No, 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 no. No, oh, he was trying way. to stop Quirrell from killing Harry. Didn't look like that. You didn't also mention, like, oh, Quirrell could be stopping him because he's the defense against the Dark Arts Professor, and then add a little bit of conflict, and then, like, at the end, when it's revealed, Quirrell's ho- hosting Voldemort. Oh, wow, Snape was actually trying to save Harry, or they just don't even remember it at mm. that moment. It's like, set up little things of Snape actually helping Harry, as opposed to, oh, yeah, Snape was just a bully the entire time to a teenager who lost both of his parents and lived in an abusive household. Like, not not wow, even a teenager up. at first. He was still yeah, 11. A preteen. A preteen because his father was a dick to you. Wow, you're real mature, my guy. Also, bullying three quarters of the entire school because Slytherin's rule? Like, how the fuck did the board, did parents not object? Like, yeah. oh my god. Like, when they said yeah, notions were important for aurors and healers, I'm like, okay, so your cops and your doctors are coming out at lower rates and also explicitly only really truly from one house how the hell is that not suspicious like it oh it, to me it's one of those things that he's just trying to set everything up from voldemort returns that that's the exactly. only only explanation i could see and then for her to redeem him like that was horrible well uh, i i saw a, i saw a fic right, where ahead. they lit where he was literally said that like yeah no he was doing that in preparation for voldemort's return like yeah, he uh, I've read crippled the aura force. He damaged the mm-hmm. healers, like because for what seventeen for about yeah. years up until the point where Harry came, there was eighteen years pretty much where no practically no new aurors or healers came out of Hogwarts that weren't in Slytherin. Yeah, and it's yeah, kind of like it. how I get. <sighs> that she portrayed the ministry as incompetent at best <laughs> and evil at worst. <laughs> but honestly, the level of incompetence to notice that, hey, we're receiving about six to, depending on how many <laughs> None. students are at Hogwarts, we're receiving about 15 to 10 to 20, if we include the healers, new applicants every year. And it's now dropped down to four. Yeah, it's all fine. Yeah. I, I just the I new don't generations get how. just stupid. Like, yeah. How did like? And they show that there were competent people in positions at the ministry to notice that thing, mm-hmm. but they never did anything Dang. about it. So, same thing at Hogwarts. Like, I did not like how what's her name head of Gryffindor acted. Yeah, how she rea- she acted when. In the beginning, yeah, McGonagall. Beginning of the book, she explains to Dumbledore how she doesn't trust the Dursleys and that they're terrible people. Okay, you know what? She she uh, listens to Dumbledore, but then when Harry shows up, you know, you would think like, "Hey, I had some reclusions. I had some issues with putting them with there. Maybe I should check on him." Or have a meeting with each of the students that I'm now getting. 
Um, like, yeah, I also have problems with, depending on class size, if yeah. you are talking 80 per class, how the hell do they only have one professor for each subject? And then most of those professors mm-hmm. are pulling double duties. Like, yeah. And then also, like, with clubs and other activities like <laughs> what is the time only, schedule you're telling me there's only <laughs> one quidditch team per house like no way there'd be a jv and a varsity like that's when you that's when you claim like, the way the author wanted to do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, from us looking on the outside yeah we say all that but sometimes when the author's doing things they don't always think of those larger pictures oh for sure um, yeah and that that's definitely one of those things where as a fanfic writer and reader, we think more about those. We've had time to digest it. We've had time to look at how she wrote it and figure out what's not right and then try to figure out what would make it right. I think that's a lot of where I come from with that and a lot of where I think a lot of these fan, you guys and other Yeah, fandoms. That you want to see... How does that actually get resolved if someone I think, thinks about it like that? I think also there's the aspect of most people's resolving is very one-character-based. It's mm. always you, 90% of the resolutions are Harry goes to Gringotts, gets a blood test, and finds out he's Lord, Griff, Lord Potter, <laughs> Black Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Slytherin. Um, Peverell, and it's like, oh yes, I own three quarters of Hogwarts. Dumbledore, you're fired. McGonagall, you're now headmistress, and I'm hiring. Yeah, you'll you'll doubling never find the me staff. Those. I sent a letter to Dumbledore. Amelia Bones. <laughs> you will find him doing that. <laughs> I love to keep going, guys, but I think I do yeah, no. Oh yeah, we're oh we are over time. Uh we yeah are. yeah. Um, well, the people who asked questions, there weren't a ton, but I think most of them were answered except for Clownicus's, but <laughs> don't care about Clownicus's. Uh, there was it. one asking, yeah, there was one asking about what I feel about the Black family that we didn't Oh, discuss. yeah, that was Oh, Paris, yeah. And how it's using yeah, the family. that was a good one. Well, you know yeah, what? He, we'll have to have you back on. Yeah. And then we'll have to ask you that. <laughs> Para, oh, okay. first question we ask him next time he's on. Mm-hmm. I promise, if I remember, you can hold me to it. I'll, I'll, I have, I just wrote it down in my own personal notes. Good. All right. <laughs> we'll definitely have to have you back on because this is yeah. super fun. I and very entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I'm I, hoping I can maybe get some of my more readers in here at some point because I've been trying to advertise that lately. Yeah. Yeah, we've 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 been trying to pull some more Harry Potter readers in here, but hopefully having you on. We can we'll help you and the server a bit more. Uh, I was hoping HP Fan Fictioner would do that too because he has a pretty good following and pretty good story. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if he's been advertising it or not on his stuff. Um, we'll have to see. Yeah. So. Right. Well, Wolfgang, thank you. you on. Thanks for yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> we really Thanks appreciate it. Uh, if you guys ever want to invite me again, just let me know. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Have a good night, guys. Have a great night. You too. Okay. Well, uh, that is the end of this episode. So, um, Bailey, would you like to ask your prompt again uh, that you said earlier? So, 
So I said it before we started recording to the live audience. I want to know what your current favorite fan fiction is. So on the Emerald Library Discord server, if you're not already a member of it, which I think is probably like two listeners probably, um, <laughs> go into, you have to join, get the podcast listener role, and then you'll find podcast discussions pit, um, channel. Go in there. Tell me what your favorite fan fiction is currently. Yeah, we want to know. It'd be That's really it. interesting. We want to know. Just what are you guys reading right now? So thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. And uh, goodbye.